past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you're joining us today. As usual, we've got topics to help you take control of your own career. Today, we are welcoming Wendy Gelberg, who is a career navigator at JVS in Boston, and she specializes in working with introverts. In fact, she's written a book, The Successful Introvert, How to Enhance Your Job Search and Advance Your Career. So, Wendy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about introverts and how they can best network for their career success. But before we launch into that too much, I think it's important that we define the term introvert because so many people don't really understand what it is and how it's different from shyness. So tell us a little bit about how you define introvert and how shyness is or or is not part of that. Sure. Um, Shyness is something that probably 95% of the population has experienced. It's that feeling of self-consciousness when you think you're being judged and you you experience it in moments uh, when you're, perhaps you're attracted to somebody or you're around somebody powerful, uh, you know, situations like that. And when you think about that, that's kind of job search. Um, so, you know, it's understandable that a lot of us are feeling some discomfort, but it's different from introversion, um, even though sometimes the words get used interchangeably. Introversion and extroversion actually are more focused on how people get their energy. What you, what, where do you go to recharge your batteries? And introverts typically go into their own internal world, get lost in their own thoughts when they need to regroup. Extroverts want to be with a crowd. They want to be with other people. That's where they get their energy. And that energy flow has implications in job search and career management just because of, well, just the fluctuations in energy that are uh, are part of both looking for a job and, and functioning effectively on the job. Yeah, that idea of how much energy it takes to do networking and what that means for an introvert is where people are coming from when they say some of the things they say. It's that an introvert, it takes more energy and oftentimes that's noticeable by the other people because that introvert is not necessarily at ease in those situations as an extrovert may be or maybe quicker to be at ease. It's true. In fact, one of the things that happens with with introverts, rather, sorry, um, and to me, this was one of those eye-opening uh, discoveries, was the, the pathway in the brain um, that processes information is different, apparently, for extroverts and introverts. And it actually takes longer for introvert brains to get the message to where it's going and to find, you know, the, uh, to retrieve the appropriate information. So introverts sometimes have word retrieval issues and are in fact a little bit slower in responding to situations just 
because of their wiring. And, and that sometimes is visible on the outside, and it certainly is something people feel on the inside. Um, and I, I think that, that issue of uh, pulling the information you're, you're looking for or the words that you're looking for out of whatever recesses of, of your brain they're in um, is one of the challenges, that, and it certainly shows up in, in networking. Yeah, and it's hard, I think, because I was just lamenting on this today as I was thinking about this show, that no one ever says, oh, you're such an extrovert, that's such a weakness. They may say certain pieces of it at times, you know, you're too loud or something, Mm -hmm. but not very often. Most of the time when people say something is a weakness, it's introvert, and they might even use that word, right? They'll say, oh, you're introverted as as one of your weaknesses, and that's for us introverts to swallow. <laughs> Absolutely. And and sometimes our quietness and reserve is mistaken for aloofness when it isn't necessarily that at all. Uh, it's really just more thoughtfulness or, you know, whatever it, it may be. But it isn't that we're not interested or engaged. It's just things function a little more slowly sometimes. But I think you're right. And I think the, the perception that extrovert is the way you're supposed to be, that's the norm, that's the preferred way of being, is a message that we, we absolutely get in our culture, and it really puts introverts at a disadvantage. Yeah, in, in so fact, let's talk about that something. a little bit in terms I'm of the strengths and weaknesses, because there are I'm strengths sorry, and weaknesses. I'm what you're saying. Oh, let's talk about that a little bit in terms of the strengths and weaknesses, because there are strengths and weaknesses of both, Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I used to do workshops on the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which involves introversion and extroversion. And I would ask people, once they had identified what group they fell into, um, what they admired about the other group. And it was always intriguing to me that, first of all, the introverts had this long, long list of what they admired about extroverts. And the extroverts didn't have a whole lot to say about what they admired about introverts, sadly. You know, they'd have a few things, but not as many. And um, again, you know, what, what our culture teaches us to admire, um, we, we seem to think gregarious is the way to be. And um, interestingly, I think people don't realize that sometimes extroverts don't know that they have a disadvantage when they talk too much. Um, they sometimes don't listen. I've, I've heard a lot from recruiters and HR people. Uh, I'll share with you the fact that my husband is in human resources, and any time he's going through a recruitment, he almost always comes home with an exasperated, please tell the people you're working with not to do this or to do that. And one of the things that, that he's mentioned a lot is Make sure people listen to the question. Extroverts are so energized by the interaction that they jump right in with an answer before they've heard the question. And it's not always the right answer to the right question. Yeah, that can they can be a little bit too gregarious and maybe sometimes not recognize when they're sitting across from an introvert and completely overpowering them, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, um, that, that happens as well. Um, you know, so again, the, the tendency for extroverts to jump in a little too quickly is, is actually a downside of being an extrovert. And the flip side of that, the ability to listen a little bit more thoughtfully sometimes um, can be a benefit for the introvert who truly thinks about what he or she is hearing and is able to formulate an appropriate answer. Um, 
What about specifically in networking? What do you see as some of the advantages and disadvantages of introversion and extroversion in networking? I think, I mean, networking takes so many different forms. Um, There can be advantages and disadvantages depending on context. I think in networking that takes place in large gatherings is really tough for introverts because it's overstimulating and it it's just exhausting. It's, it, it drains their energy tremendously. Um, there are definitely strategies to deal with that, but I think that's a challenge where extroverts see those gatherings as something that perks them up and that's a fun event and something they're more likely to look forward to and take advantage of. Um, I think just just the, the whole process of reaching out to people can be challenging for introverts, sometimes more so than, than for extroverts. Um, but on the other hand, introverts' ability to listen makes some really good networking con- conversationalists. Um, there's a wonderful quote. Um, do I have it in front of me? I was just putting together some information, and it was a quote from Benjamin Disraeli. And I don't know if I'm going to find the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, um, if if you listen well, you're a great conversationalist. You know, the the other person can can talk for hours, and they think you're great, um, not even realizing that you weren't saying very much. So I, I thought that was, I think, one of the advantages that introverts do bring to the table because they they can listen and um, like to delve into things in depth. And so if you grab them on a topic that's of interest to them. They're not so good at small talk. One of the other disadvantages of of networking for introverts, they don't like those, you know, oh, you know, we've been having such tough weather or what do you think about the sports team or some of those kinds of conversation starters that don't go anywhere meaningful to them. Um, But they, you know, they, they will listen well and they will probe deeply on topics that they care about. And that can be very much a, a benefit and a source of, of connecting to other people, which, of course, is the real thing you want to be striving for in networking. It's, it shouldn't be a transaction. Um, it rather should be building a relationship. And that's something that uh, introverts actually are very good at. Yeah, so thinking about how they can take it deeper and form those relationships and and kind of have the pers- permission, I don't know if that's the right word, permission to do that. I feel like sometimes in networking, we feel like we're not supposed to do that, that we're um, being too, we're prying too much if we have those deeper conversations. Yeah, yeah. And, and. You know, so much of it is about context, and you certainly don't want to go too deep too fast because that makes people uncomfortable. But um, if it's, and, and I don't think that's as much of a problem, though, if you're talking about a neutral topic, you know, or something that that's more career related and not about a specific person's uh, background or whatever. But if you're just talking about the issues of your professional field, um, introverts thrive in that sort of situation. Yeah, talk a little bit more um, strategically or to really get into something in the industry with someone who is also there and and can engage in the conversation can be a real interesting conversation instead of feeling like you have to stay on the surface with some of that small talk. Exactly. I think that's where um, introverts can really add a lot of value as well as receive a lot of value uh, when they can really get into things in depth that way. 
So when we're thinking about as an introvert and other ways that we can network, what are some other ways that networking plays to an introvert's strengths? So I, I guess I started out with, you know, large networking events, and I actually didn't get into some of the strategies people can use in those situations. But probably more in the comfort zone of introverts will be one-on-one conversations. And I think one of the things that introverts can do with those large groups is use them as an opportunity to create the one-on-one conversations uh, because that's where you, you can get into more detail. If you're at a, at a networking event of some sort, a group event, you're not going to have an in-depth conversation. You'll have five-minute little, you know, brief snippets of conversation with a multitude of people, but you don't really get that meaty conversation. Um, but if you meet somebody who's interesting or whose background is um, similar to yours or whatever, that's when you follow up and arrange for the one-on-one situation where the introvert really can get into more detail and uh, enjoy the depth of conversation. Um, so again, the ability to listen, to form relationships, to, to dig deep, to research, to um, probe, all of that is very much an advantage for, for introverts. And, um, you know, that building the one-on-one relationship, listening to what somebody else's needs are, being a resource for that individual, that's all part of the, the introvert package that's, that's a positive. I was thinking when I was uh, anticipating our conversation tonight, I was thinking about a recent gathering that I attended where I met a friend of a friend and had not met this person before, and I asked her a couple of questions about herself. She was off and running, spoke for about 15 minutes. Never once the entire time did she ask anything of me, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, she had some interesting things to say, but I thought that was sort of a classic introvert-extrovert conversation that pointed to some of the differences. Yeah, that it, it really is um, a topic that a lot of people engage on, um, but we're going to talk a little bit even more specifically when we get back from our break about what introverts can do to make networking less challenging. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, really dive into some specific strategies for you if you're an introvert or just tend to have problems networking, which can happen to a lot of people. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. 
compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about introverts and how introverts can be better networkers. We're here with Wendy Gelberg, who is specifically focused in this area and has a great insight into how we all work. And I love at the beginning of the show, Wendy, you were sharing that the synapses in the introvert's brain are just wired different and it does take more time neurologically for them to respond, which oftentimes can be seen as aloofness or perhaps unpreparedness mm-hmm. uh, when, we're, when we're job searching and when we're networking. So let's talk a little bit about how introverts can make networking less challenging. What are some of the, the tips that you've seen work best for your clients? Talking about synapses and, and such, one of the things that I've seen work not only for my clients but for myself is if you are an introvert and you tend to get lost in your own thoughts a lot, um, if you're going to be doing some networking, and I would say this is true for job interviews as well, any time that you're in a situation where you're going to be needing to talk to people, put yourself in a situation where you get to talk to people in a less stressful situation prior to soon, you know, close to the time that you're actually on the spot for, for your networking event or, or your interview, um, what, what can happen is when you're, when you're in your own head, it's hard to kind of pull out and, and deal with the outside world. Um, but when you sort of prime the pump and have a, a more casual conversation, it, it's almost as if it starts the, the words flowing, the thoughts flowing, and then when you're in the situation that matters a little more crucially, you're a little bit more fluent. Um, instead of sort of stammering and stuttering a little bit, trying to find words and deal with the outside world. So I think that's one strategy. Um, Another is um, we were talking about large networking events, any sort of big gathering that you are going to attend. um, I think a lot of times for the introvert who hates these kinds of events and goes out of whatever reason, out of necessity or obligation or whatever it may be, um, the tendency sometimes is to say, I really don't like this event. I'm going to go as late as I possibly think I can get away with so that I don't have to be there very long. And, you know, you arrive well into the flow of the event. It's very hard to join 
in conversations with those little clusters of people that have already formed. So the strategy that I've found that really works well is contrary to what all of your instincts are telling you, get there early and be one of the first people there because those little groups haven't formed yet and everybody's kind of standing around looking for someone to talk to. It's much easier to start those conversations and you know get drawn into something rather than trying to break into a little tightly formed circle that doesn't always open up for somebody new who arrives later. So that to me is, is one of the, the useful strategies that can help, and then of course you, you don't have to stay the whole time. Um, I also recommend that people set a goal if you're going to a large event. Um, I've always hated expressions like "work the room." Um, it sounds so artificial and and not genuine, as if you're you're trying to get something out of people rather than trying to actually develop relationships with people. So decide in your own mind, what's a reasonable number of people that you think you could reasonably have a conversation with before you're done, and make that your goal, whatever it may be. I'm going to pick the number three just arbitrarily. Um, I'm going to meet three people that I've never spoken with before, and once I've done that, I give myself permission to leave. I don't have to leave then if I'm having a good time and want to stay longer, I can, but three is my number for tonight. That's what I'm going to do, and that helps as well. Um, Sometimes people... Bring a friend, a wingman, as it were, you know, somebody else who can um, scout the room a little bit, find people who might have um, something that would be of interest to you in their background, and make an introduction. Bring that person over to you or bring you over to that other person, um, as long as you don't rely too heavily on the friend and, and not, you know, seek out other, other people. Um, and, of course, look for introverts. Look for the folks who are standing apart from the rest of the room and introduce yourself to them and see if you can get a conversation going. Uh, some of them will be very grateful because they don't know how to break the ice. Um, it helps, too, sometimes to have some conversation starters just to know how, how do you start a conversation. Some people are ill at ease because they don't know how to engage in, in, a, in a large gathering of people. What do you say to somebody? And there are any number of possibilities, again, depending a little bit on the, on the nature of the, the gathering, um, but I think that's, um, that's something that can be helpful for people as well, just to, to know that they can fall back on certain phrases that are likely to get a conversation started. Um, so I think those are some suggestions that I have for large group events. And then using them, I actually know somebody who used to tell me that she would attend large gatherings, professional meetings and whatnot, with the purpose not of talking to anybody. She said she'd, she'd actually not typically talk to anybody unless they approached her first. But her reason for going was so that she could have the list of attendees and follow up later and say, so sorry, I didn't get to talk to you at the meeting last night, but I'd love to meet with you one-on-one. You know, and it, it gave her permission, basically, to reach out to people that she might not otherwise have had access to. And actually getting the attendance list beforehand is another strategy that can be helpful if that's available. Sometimes if you do a little bit of research, which introverts love to do, do, you know, do your homework, find out who's going to be there, identify people that you might like to meet if you possibly can. Sometimes you can even get the uh, organizers of the meeting to help make an introduction once you've identified who those people are. Um, Another thing at large gatherings is to volunteer to be one of the hosts and have a specific role. Sometimes it's easier for people if they have a designated function to perform that task. That kind of gives you permission to 
talk to people a little bit more easily just carrying out that task. So those are some of the, the large group strategies. Um, obviously, all of the follow-ups um, and thank yous and stuff and opportunities to meet with people one-on-one are important as well. And then, you know, for the um, one-on-one conversations, uh, same thing, just doing your homework, um, doing that research, and that's the piece that introverts often thrive on, um, dig into the person's background or what specific things you want to learn and have a specific agenda and take it from there. Yeah, and having some kind of connection to the people in the group or some kind of common topic. That's why professional meetings are nice, right? Everybody's there has the same professional interests and you know that you have some of those deeper topics to talk about from the beginning. Absolutely. Um, You know, when we're talking about large groups, there are so many different kinds of large group situations that we find ourselves in and they're not all professional in nature by any means. It could be a holiday party, it could be a neighborhood uh, barbecue or something like that, or a political or community religious activity or hobbies or whatever. All of the things that we do that involve groups are networking opportunities, even if we don't think of them that way. You know, you might be going to the gym to uh, work out in a Zumba class or something like that, but those are people and you are meeting them and you're having conversations with them. And that's networking too, or it's an opportunity to network. Um, You know, because those conversations, even if they start out on one topic, often transition to other topics. Yeah, having those built-in topics can be nice. And as you said, having some questions prepared before you go to an event, depending on the event, so that you can know what topics you might engage with people on based on the event that you're going to. You don't have to walk in unprepared, just as obviously you wouldn't for an interview, but you don't have to walk in for a networking event unprepared either. Absolutely. And again, because introverts do like, uh, in general, like, you know, research. Uh, one of the people that I interviewed for my book said where the job search process itself is never fun, the research part of it actually made it almost fun. And, you know, really learning about uh, a company or a person or whatever it may have been, that part was appealing. And I think we sometimes forget that that's something we, we can enjoy. So uh, depending on whatever the group situation is that you're attending, um, learning a little more about it or about some of the people who will be there can be of interest and can be can play to the strengths of the introvert. Yeah. Well, you've been so much help for us introverts, Wendy. How can we connect with you and learn more about your work and, and the tips that you give to introverts on all of these topics? Um, I can be reached... I'll give you my email address. It's W-G-E-L-B as in boy, E-R-G, at J-V as in Victor, S as in Sam, dash Boston dot org. And there's a little bit of information about me on the website somewhere if you dig around a little bit and a little bit more just about the organization and the services that we offer. And um happy to help introverts and extroverts too for that matter um, with their job search strategies yeah so jv as in victor s and that 
that's the organization that you work at. And of course, I'm sure they can find you on LinkedIn, Wendy Gelberg. G-E-L-B-E-R-G. So thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. And this is a challenge. I think networking is a challenge for everyone. And probably, as you said, extroverts will get a lot of benefit from from your tips and your expertise as well. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to participate tonight. Yes. Well, listeners, don't go away because I'm going to come back and share a few more tips and ideas with you, diving a little bit further into this. We'll say goodbye to Wendy. And Wendy, Wendy, thank you again for sharing your expertise. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Wendy Gelberg about how we can improve introverts networking, how we can improve our networking, especially if we're introverted, and really thinking about how we can network in a way that works for us, no matter what our inclination or lack thereof might be when we're thinking about networking. How can you make it work for you? And I think, well, I know, first of all, it's having 
a goal. Why are you doing it? So people will say, oh, I need to go to these networking events so I can advance my career. Well, going to an event is not going to magically advance our career, right? We've got to have some kind of purpose behind that. Who do we want to meet? What do we want to learn? What are we trying to get out of going to that event? And then we can be a little bit more strategic with how we approach it and and where we go from there. Of course, having a good network, having strong relationships across our career space is going to be helpful for us long-term in our career. And that may be one of our goals is just to build some good long-term relationships across our industry um, that will be mutually beneficial. And those long-term relationships, then we, we can focus on how we do that, but we'd have some kind of goal, maybe not very specific one, doesn't have to be super specific, but having some kind of idea of why we're networking. When we're job seeking, it may be a little bit more obvious. Uh, We're job seeking, trying to build our network in a specific direction, trying to connect with people who might know people at our target companies. Having that kind of specific goal behind our networking can be helpful, especially for introverts. But even for extroverts who can go to these events and maybe have a great time and not feel the strain energy-wise that an introvert might feel, but also not really get any benefit out of it because they flit around the room, they have a great time, they talk to a lot of people, but then they don't have this strategy for follow-up and what are they actually trying to do with this network that lack of plan might be a good thing at some points in the process and then uh, uh, negative at other points in the process as we build our, our network and try to engage that network in helping us for some kind of specific goal or, or task like job search. So when we're thinking about networking, it really is all about building relationships. It's not transactional. And for an introvert, that can be a good thing. We don't typically like transactional relationships. And it can be challenging because we feel like we have to have a purpose for a a conversation. And that might get in the way of building relationships. That's one thing I'd been talking to my coach about recently was having some conversations where there wasn't a purpose, where the purpose really was just building relationship and not around something specific trying to build towards something or, um, you know, have people engage in something specific after a conversation, but just to have a conversation to get to know people better. So that focus, that purpose is really important. Then I think we look at what really fits our purpose. Oftentimes when we talk about networking or hear about networking, It's almost assumed that the networking we're talking about is a cocktail party or an after-hours event, some kind of big event. And that's not really where most good networking happens, especially those events that don't have any kind of focus They can be great ways to connect with people that we've already met. They can be great ways to 
maybe expand our network or see what's going on in a certain community, but they're probably not a great place to move our network in a specific direction unless the event is more specific. So a cocktail party for your company, yes, maybe a good way to connect with and be visible to people that you need to know, the decision makers who would help you get promoted, etc. But maybe not. Maybe they won't even be there because they're too high up and they're 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 working or whatever it might be. So what is the purpose of your networking and are the steps that you're taking, the events that you're going to, really fulfilling that purpose? You don't have to network in a certain way just because that seems to be the way people are defining networking. Think about what's going to to fit your purpose and build the relationships that you need to build. And as Wendy was talking, oftentimes those one-on-one conversations are really where it's at, especially for introverts, because they need to make that deeper connection. Now, that goes not just for you, the job seeker or networker or career climber, but also for the people that you want to network with. Sometimes we may fail to consider their personality type and what works best for them and or how we can stand out to them. And perhaps that's not going to happen at a larger networking event. So what are your goals and how are you going to achieve them? Then the other thing Wendy was talking about was having something to say and to ask when you go to an event. What we tend to get over-focused on is what we're going to say. Knowing what you want to say, having a few sound bites is important, but the whole idea of an elevator pitch can actually be counterproductive to networking because it creates a barrier, a wall, if you will, between you and the other person because it's this delivered line that you're prepared to give and not always engaging or interactive. So find some talking points, some quick things you want to say to the commonly asked questions. What do you do? What are you working on right now? What are you thinking about? You know, what are your favorite hobbies, etc. Have some good sound bites to answer those questions. More importantly, have great questions you want to ask. What do you want to learn from that networking event? What do you want to learn from the people there? How do you want to engage with those people that you'll connect with there? What are you going to ask them to start those conversations? And then simply listen. So there's an old quote that comes, it's derived from the Dale Carnegie work, that is really that you don't need to be interesting. What you need to be is interested. And being interested actually makes you interesting. And Dale Carnegie's books, especially the How to Make Friends and Influence People, his a lot of pages of stories pretty much around this same point that if you are a good listener and you can get people to talk and tell their story and really get them engaged in sharing about themselves, you'll actually be thought of as being more interesting than if you talked the whole time. It's a great relief for those of us who are introverts because listening, asking great questions, reflecting back, taking the conversation deeper can be one of our strengths, one of our strong points. And if we can do that, it can really help move the conversation to the next level. You do need to be willing and 
thinking about what you're going to share about yourself because it doesn't work for this to just be a one-way conversation. Then it feels awkward like the other person sharing everything and and you're not really engaged in the conversation. Um, so you can make it too much about the other person, but really it's just knowing what you want to say, knowing how you're going to react to the, the questions you might be asked and then mostly focusing on the other person. How can you focus on that other centeredness um, and having great conversation by doing that? It's one of the aha moments um, in working with the Sandler sales process. They talk about the other centeredness. And when we think about trust and, and they and others talk about the trust equation and really you build trust by being focused on other people instead of on yourself. And that can be easy for an introvert to do. Our weakness is probably going to be overdoing that, not the other way around. So what are you going to say? Yes. But what are you going to ask? And what do you want to know about the people there? What do you what can you learn from the people there so that you can really engage in conversation and get to know people a little bit deeper level? Wendy also talked about the idea of looking ahead to see who would be at an event. If you can get the attendee list or start a conversation on a social media platform and engage with people ahead of time so that you already feel like you have some relationships set by the time that you get there. Um, in my position at the as the CEO of Career Thought Leaders and prior to that, I had, had positions where I was running conferences. And this was always one of the important pieces for me. Of course, when I'm on the board of an organization, I know the board, but I also know some members or some folk, folks that are going to be at the event. Or if I'm having a booth at an event, I know some people that will be there and have Um, relationships with people who will stop by the booth. And that helps keep me going. That helps feed my energy because I get to interact with those people that I already have some relationship with. And that depth of relationship is really important to me. It brings me energy that can keep me going and help me stay up and engaging with new people as well. So ahead of time, I'm forming those relationships. Now you can do that really easily. Well, not really easily, but somewhat easily on social media by simply commenting and responding and and sharing with people on social media. Then when I walk into the room, I will already know some of these folks and have an opportunity to deepen the relationship and not feel that kind of surface uneasiness that oftentimes happens for us, especially introverts, when you get into that small talk that Wendy was talking about. Volunteering has always helped me as well, kind of goes along with her point of having the relationships, but also getting there early. When I volunteer with organizations, then I'm, I have a role. Maybe I can be at the table where I'm handing out name tags. It makes it easier for me to network And it gives me some purpose. Those professional associations and leadership in those professional associations has also been one of the 
propellants of, of my career and others that I know. So getting involved in those groups a little bit deeper can be beneficial for, for many different reasons. When we're thinking about networking and, and building those relationships, it really is about the focus, the one-on-one, the conversation, and being in that community, which is one of the buzzwords for this year, especially on social media. And so we can all use that to our advantage, and even more so as introverts, to use that kind of fierce loyalty that we build as we start to build relationships and use that to our benefit as we're networking. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the skills that you can learn to be a better conversationalist, especially as we're moving through small talk. We'll be right back in just a few minutes and talk about the fine art of small talk. We'll be back in just a bit. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about networking for introverts. 
And I would say that this next piece of it that we're going to talk about is really true for extroverts as well, that we don't know what to say. Right? We don't know what to say when we go to a networking event. We don't know what to say when we are in these situations. We end up asking the same boring questions over and over again. And a few years ago, I went to a great talk by a woman who happens to live in Denver and speak at a lot of Rotary events. And her name is Deborah Fine. And very cleverly, the name of her book is The Fine Art of Small Talk. And Deborah talks about how we tend to ask questions that don't really lead anywhere, kind of analogous to your kids get home from school and you ask them, how was your day? Fine. Right. There's not that's not going anywhere or your spouse gets home and you ask them the same question. How was your day? Fine. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't deepen the conversation. It doesn't open a door for them to take it somewhere. And so when we're in an event or we're in a a social situation, there's a few things to think about that we might want to do differently. The first is to have confidence for just a few seconds while we introduce ourselves. And if you've listened to this show, you've heard me say this before, putting together two of my favorite quips from presentations I've been to before. Uh, I think it was Laura Lebovich who talks about a five-year-old smile. I went to a presentation, an etiquette presentation, where the lady was talking about three seconds of courage. So I put those two together, right? Three seconds of courage and a five-year-old smile. We're going to connect with people with that innocent and unencumbered um, approach, right? We're we're not going to be timid. We're not going to have that, uh, you know, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. We're going to have that five-year-old smile, three seconds of courage, walk up to people and introduce ourselves. People don't do this, right? They wait for someone else to introduce them. And that's what makes it awkward. So Deborah says, you know, it's up to us. It We are taking on the responsibility to be the conversationalist. And we can do this no matter who we are, no matter what our preference is, it might take us more energy if we're an introvert, but we can do it. It's a skill that we can learn. Walk up to someone, smile, and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Marie, Marie Zemanoff. And when we say our first name first, twice, people get an opportunity to catch it. They also get our last name so that they have a little bit more depth to us and, and to the conversation. So we walk up, we introduce ourselves, we say our first name twice. Hi, I'm Marie, Marie Zimanoff, and we have an opportunity to start a conversation. Opening the door for that is important. And because it's a skill that we can learn, it's also something we can practice. So it's a good thing to practice when you're on the airplane and you may have that urge to avoid the person next to you. Maybe you don't want to do this at the beginning of the flight if you, you know, want your quiet time. But in the middle, towards the end, try it. See how it goes. Introduce yourself. The other person will tell you their name. And it just leaves the opportunity open for some kind of a conversation. If you do love to do business on airplanes, and I know I have my colleagues that do, 
making sure you introduce yourself at the outset of the conversation is important because you don't want to get halfway through the conversation and then have them say, what was, you know, what was your name? We never introduced ourselves. Oh, it's now it's so awkward. Give, give yourself the opportunity to start the conversation off on the right foot by just walking up, having that courage and introducing yourself. Then think about questions that you can ask that might not be small talk. So instead of what do you do for a living, perhaps, and maybe that's a good way to start off, but what if the person's not employed? Then you ask a question they can't answer, and again, it's awkward. So what do you enjoy most about what you do? Then people could say, oh, you know, I I stay at home and I love it. It may be assumed to be professional, but people can answer it no matter how they are. Maybe they're unemployed, etc. What do they enjoy doing with their spare time? Might be a question. What do they enjoy most about their profession? Then they don't necessarily have to be employed to answer it. Um, What are some of the challenges that you're facing, that your profession is facing? Uh, What are some of the upcoming trends in your business? See, these sound kind of deep and you're going, oh, Marie, I don't know about that. But they're all safe questions to ask. They're just more interesting for people to talk about. And it gives you the opportunity to have a little bit deeper conversation with people which introverts will like, but everyone can use to build their to build their network, to build those relationships. So perhaps if it's not a business gathering, um, you can simply start out, and this is the way that I would start out a lot of times when I was at networking events, was was this their first time at this type of event? What do they like about these types of events? Um, you know, was it their first time at an event for the chamber and say, oh, no, I go to chamber events all the time. Oh, what's your, you know, what what keeps you coming back? And we can have that conver- conversation. What is what is their favorite thing to do? There's those hobbies. Uh, what do they do? In the Colorado world, you know, what what are their hobbies? Why do they live in Colorado? What is, what draws them to this area? Um, What was, how long have they lived in the area? Tell me about your, your family or your furry family. Sometimes it's fun to kind of break the ice and think about what you can connect with people about. Of all the places they've lived, what's been their favorite. So just questions that really can take it a little bit deeper and not have to be at the surface. Um, And maybe trying out some questions, see how they go, see how people respond. And then you know if you want to try that question again or not. Um, You know, this type of year, you could ask people about if they set a New Year's resolution and do they usually set one or not, etc. So there's time of year based questions you can ask, event based questions you can ask, just takes a little bit of thought ahead of time to really think about what you want to ask, and how you want to engage with that person that you're going to be engaging with.
So when you go networking and you're thinking about what you want to do, think think about some of those non-traditional questions you might ask and how you might engage people in a conversation that takes it a little bit dif- deeper, has a good conversation, and will open up the door for you to really form a relationship. We'll be right back here again next week on the Career Confidant and look forward to sharing more tips and tools that you need to take control of your own career. We'll see you again next week on the Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.